What's up, everybody? Welcome to Omnic Lab 124. Omnic Noon 2018 has returned. What's yeah. up, guys? Not too much. Yeah. How's it going? My name's Rob, coming in from Japan. It's an early 10.30 a.m. session, <laughs> but the rising sun never sleeps. And joining me is your Georgia peach and mine, Andres Gomez. What's up, Andres? You know, I don't know about the nickname Georgia peach sticking a little bit. I feel like we've used that <laughs> a couple of episodes. I'm going to use it. I never said it before, but it's certainly uh, going to be. I've never had a Georgia weekend. peach before you, Andres, winky face. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll take it for now. Georgia peach-flavored Coke. We have the peach. <laughs> we have... Andres's peach flavored Coke death blow question mark. <laughs> What's going on, guys? What's up? Not too much. So I read just to be clear, we're not doing Halloween costumes this time around because no. I still have mine from before. No, we yeah, I, not I feel, feel like, like I came unprepared now that you have your Roadhog yeah. thing out. I mean, oh, I'm yeah. cosplaying as a contenders team from last year. Okay, no. <laughs> Good try, right, though. I'll leave it alone. It's it's really all right. Let's introduce the corn dog, Blevins. Blevins is here. What's up, dude? What up? Got our New Yorkers coming in hot from Heinz yep. Productions. Uh, however you say it these days, you guys have a whole network. You want to talk to people? Just kind of get a refresher who you guys are, real quick. Sure, go ahead, Blevins. <laughs> yeah, we're from. <laughs> Originally from High Noon Podcast, but we've got, I don't know, what, four shows, five shows, two shows, three. At least three. three. At least three. High Noon Podcast, Around the Payload, Foul Play uh, that we do. And uh, we've also got uh, Black Watch Report that uh, Thorne and Kyle do. And then sometimes we get, we've got other shows too, but uh, people come and go. Well, people go on break and get jobs at or Google. Or get hired by Google. Yeah. Thanks, Taco. <laughs> Freaking Jeez, Google. Taco. Always just yeah. stealing Can all the podcasts. Can you think about how that would impact our podcast network, Taco? Come on. <laughs> Google just really likes those refried beans, man. Just can't help it. Yes. So for those of you unengaged, Foul Play and is like a fantasy, a fantasy-centric Overwatch League podcast. Uh, High Noon proper, I guess you could say, instead of High Noon Podcast now is more of the generic everything owl that you could ever yes. want. And like uh, to Overwatch, call it the flagship show. The flagship. The flagship. Yes. Yep, for you see if these fans out there. Uh, <laughs> and also they have the, uh, the the Black Watch Report is just a contender-centric show, yeah? The, Tier uh, the 2. Affiliate one? Yep. yep. Path Tier to 2. Okay. Yeah. So they don't cover uh, Overwatch Open Division because that is just a hot mess to try to cover. From, no, they do. Uh, it's, it's the whole path to pro. Yeah, oh, they wow. Do okay, a little so that's bit, tier, tier 2 and Tier 3 then. NA Contenders yeah. is the primary focus of Blackwatch okay. Report, but they do reach the out. and like, They have an episode coming up on Chinese Contenders. They kind of like mm, take gotcha. breaks and go into the other scenes. But for the most mm. part, I think they stay at a like like we did when it was a, a broader, harder to yeah. cover esports scene. You know, you don't right. want to be watching VODs of things that happened at sure. know, three in the morning on Tuesday. Sure, sure. Yeah, and then you have the Around the Payload, which is the immensely popular one that has kind of popped up out of the Around the Horn not whoa, so whoa, copycat whoa, I, show. I, I don't know anything about this around the horn. You're legally, <laughs> legally very different. Not, not Rob. I, I want you guys to have legal fees. Then you have some real fun. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll we have a few announcements to run through here, guys. Uh, we got the game night um, from the 26th is uh, concluded. There was a few people that were able to show. This is not one of our larger shows. I believe it's probably because a lot of people are preparing festivities for Halloween parties this time of year, and they're pretty big in stateside. As well as we had a uh, quite a few people just say that they had to work this time around, unfortunately. So was uh, we only had two lobbies going. <laughs> yeah, Andres wasn't able to be there, but actually Totem was there, Icy was there, and myself was there. 
So we had three of our podcasters there, and then um, a lot of other people had scrims going on that night, so they had came in at the late hours. But it was good. We had a bunch of our patrons, had some friends that kind of do the make the rounds, as they as you guys are probably aware. They go to all of the the podcast discords <laughs> to play game nights. But it was a good it was a good idea. Um, for for those of you that came, we enjoyed a lot of smaller lobbies, so lots and lots and lots of games, which is really good. Uh, we also have a sponsor again, Ben, aka I Need Peeling from Top Score Solutions, is back to let you guys know about offering free business consultations within esports. So coaches, teams, app and services, boosting subscribers, all that jazz. You guys can find them at Top Score Esports on Twitter or TopScoreSolutions.com. Omnic Meta has no new relative updates, probably because Switch is also preparing for BlizzCon to go crash our parties and hang out with us. Um, so you guys can see him there if you're at BlizzCon. And along the same lines, we have Calm Before the Storm Overwatch panel. Our panel starts at 10 p.m. It goes to 11 p.m. in the Hilton on the fourth floor. Three of the panelists are here on the show today, and one of the hecklers will be there in Deathblow. <laughs> uh, I'd like to let it be known, I will also still be a heckler from the panel stage. Yeah, truth, <laughs> truth, truth. I don't know why they invited you, but they did. So I have happens. no idea how I got invited. <laughs> I didn't so even fight Blevins for the spot on the panel, and it was a very calculated move. We, we have yeah. a plan. Yeah. We, we, don't, yeah. we don't have a plan. <laughs> they were like, we need some comedic relief, and Rob's really bad at it. So let's just get Blevins in there and, put, and make sure that Deathblow can be invited at least in the crowd. Because then it'll make, make sure, it make, Yeah, make sure a microphone can pick him up on it. <laughs> yeah. I think what I'm going to do is pick up a, an interview mic to like go hand around and just give it to you. And like uh, that'll be the that'll be the show. I'll be our harsher <laughs> from tip of the hat. Back to you guys on the panel. Yeah. <laughs> Out there in the crowd, how's it looking in the weather? <laughs> All right, Still we also inside. Have, Back to you. <laughs> we also have Icy Sorrow from Enter the Iris and Blaze and Bob from many uh, uh, reports. So we got Watchpoint, Owl Recap, and Prepare to Attack. Totemly drunk of Heroes Never Die and Overwatch Recall. And I play game and uh, sorry and. Uh, Overwatch League Network. I almost forgot that one. And then Andres is also repping the Owl Recap and Omnic Lab for percent. And then I will be there repping this show and moderating. So if you guys want to be there, that would be great. We're at the latest night, so if you have a late flight, you could probably still catch us, which is great. Um, come to the come to the thing and hang out. I will actually be bringing Japanese candy, and you are welcome to have some. I brought three bags, Ooh. so you can have some. And then the panelists will have a special omiyage or. I guess traveling gift that I'll be giving to them, and I got some extras for flagship associates, aka Deathblow and um, Icy's boyfriend. <laughs> it's gonna be so. a, a really, really fun time. I really encourage if you guys are gonna mm -hmm. be at the convention and you're gonna be there on Thursday night, just to stop by. I know a lot of our friends, some of our listeners, patrons are already gonna be there. Mm -hmm. um, we're gonna be doing the panel and then hanging out outside of the lobby in the Hilton. So, mm -hmm. just a great place to make friends and get to know us if you have, haven't had a chance. And if you get to know us before, come and ha hang out again. Let's be friends. Yeah, for yes. sure. The Hilton um, is the place to be, for sure. Blevins, Deathblow, what do you guys want to say about where they can find you? I mean, we're probably just going to do Hilton, right? Just around the area. If you guys want to find us, we'll be there. Run around. For Thursday, definitely Hilton. Um, yeah. And then everything else is... No holds barred. There's no plan. I have made no specifically made it's no too plans. Hard. It's too hard to plan. So it's too hard. There's a trillion things to do. There's already too much stuff to do in the weekend. Mm -hmm. So I don't make plans unless it's something very specific. But no, mm. no plans. Over uh, uh, finals of um, I want to see USA crush South Korea. That's all. Yep. 
That's the only thing I definitely am going to. Yeah, we'll be screaming in the stands during that match. You can count on that. (laughs) And I'll definitely not be at the musical, any of the music (laughs) things. There's too many other fun things that you can do when the concerts are going on that it's really hard to commit to doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it being my first BlizzCon, I'm not making like I, I'm going in with no. I don't know what to expect. I don't know what's going. Mm-hmm. I'm just going and gonna enjoy it. It's like a bucket list item thing that I've always wanted to do. So I'm really happy to get a chance to do it. And yeah, so I'm just kind of keeping everything wide open. And and mm-hmm. uh, if you see us though, by all means, we would love to talk to you. So flag us down. We'll. We'll it's very it's very easy to spot us too, especially when Blevins and yeah. Deathblow are near us, because you can see them yeah. over the crowd at any given point. Yes. These guys are huge. And probably hear us too. <laughs> if you see somebody that looks like an NFL lineman, just yell Deathblow. I'm sure it will be around. Yes, if you see Reinhardt, but they're not wearing an, any gear, that's probably Deathblow. <laughs> but not actually Reinhardt, the voice of Reinhardt, because he'll also probably be there. Darren DePaul yes. will be there alongside yes. Scott Mercer for the community event, including the cosplay event and nice. all of that jazz on the very first day, which is in the evening. So after all the festivities are over, there's typically at least two to three rounds somewhere in that range of all of the esports or video game franchises having some form of event, and there's no new announcements mm-hmm. in the evening. And then they'll have one of the venues will be taken over by the community night near the mythic mm-hmm. stage so basically there is something for everyone and then there's more so you basically have to choose whatever the heck that's going on where are your friends and what are they doing and if you're going to join them yeah or not. i remember mm-hmm. even so for opening hard. ceremony last year they had it in three different locations i ended mm-hmm. up yeah. viewing it in the overwatch arena which yep. was cool because jeff we Kaplan got, got to come out yeah there the ball was there too so I don't know. Yep. Are they doing the Overwatch Arena this year again, or is there a different location? Yeah, it's Overwatch Arena again. It's in all the all the locations again. That was such so a the announcement. Doing it again. Yeah, what they did last time, if you guys were not there or didn't have the virtual ticket, what they did is they started on the Mythic stage, and then for every major game franchise announcement outside of Warcraft, I believe I'm not sure, mm-hmm. um, but I think yeah. they did the classic reveal from the Warcraft stage, and then they did the Warcraft. Battle for Azeroth preview on the main Mythic stage. I think that's what they did. Mm-hmm. And then every game franchise big release, they just like passed the mic and went over to a different arena to the announcement. Mm-hmm. So everyone was involved, including the Hearthstone stage, which was just super cool. Yeah, it was a great yeah. way to do it because then everyone who was into their game got to see the live events for that game. But it happened all simul- simultaneously at the same time. You don't mm-hmm. have to like shuffle and go to a different place to see the other thing. I thought it was really cool. And you can yep. actually get seats, which you is very is actually really tough to get for opening ceremony mm, when it's just mm. in the main stage. You have yep. to literally wait in line for three hours and then sprint when they actually open the lineup <laughs> to try to get a seat. And if you try to get a seat for more than like one or two, even two people is tough to get. Even seats in the media there. section, you guys, it's actually quite packed in that area because. Andres and I were just like, we're not even going to try. So we just yeah. went with Blevins in the main area. We went through and waited for him and saved him a seat. And he just was able to sit with us in the media section because yeah. it was that empty in the other areas. So, yep. It worked out pretty well going to the Overwatch stage. That's probably what we'll mm-hmm. end up doing this yeah. year, is my guess. We might do it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not sure because I'm not sure like if I'm going to be there next year. So I'm kind of curious to see if we want to just like, because we all have, all four of us have media badges. Mm-hmm. So we might just go through the media entrance and try to get there in the media section of the main stage that would be pretty cool but just because i've never done it before so i don't know but um yeah we'll see um it is a different experience yet yeah 
it's nice to hear that nice packed crowd because it wasn't super packed at the Overwatch arena, but it is absolutely But the Overwatch announcements were freaking loud. So that's yeah. one big plus is everyone in the mm-hmm. arena that is for that game, they're all excited for that game's announcement, which is really cool now, conceptually. And, and, and I know that you guys don't want to do too much speculation, but we know that this year we're going to get some announcements of some sort. Mm-hmm. We know for a fact that we're not getting a map. They are, Jeff Kaplan already came out and was like, no map, guys, which honestly, I'm not that really that bummed about. The Meh. map yeah, can wait. That's fine. Uh, but we know for a fact that this is probably going to be, or not for a fact, but more than likely, new hero. It's one of the mm-hmm. big ones that they usually it's say for BlizzCon. And we're waiting for the True. third release of a hero this year, right? We've gotten two so far. Um, mm-hmm. If they continue with the schedule, we should definitely be getting one towards the end of the year. Do we want to do any any wild guesses? I know Deathblow has some secret intel that he's been gathering from the dark web. <laughs> Completely unfounded, but I'll, I'll save it and give kind of my regular opinion. Remind me, who was right before Wrecking Ball? Before Wrecking Doomfist. Ball, Doomfist, I believe. No. No. Was it uh, I don't think it was no, Doomfist. No, was Doomfist. it Moira? Was Moira, Moira after Doomfist? Brigitta. Moira was before. Brigitta. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right. Okay. Brigitta. That's Bri- right. Brig into Doomfist. How okay, could so we forget had... her? No, Brig into, into Wrecking Ball. Right. <laughs> <Brig into> <laughs> yeah, she's, she haunts our dreams. Doomfist <laughs> was like 500 years ago. Yeah, Doomfist, Doomfist was the Brig original and then, starting character. Yeah. Doomfist was so, actually the very first Overwatch character. That's how wrong you guys were. He was inside the payload the whole time. He was from Titan, actually. Okay. Well. No, nobody, nobody, nobody knows what that is. But he's the fourth boss uh, Viking. Okay, I'm done. I'm Titan, done. Titan's a dead game, buttons <laughs> getting getting together. Um, okay, so actually dead game. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah. So <laughs> the last two have been support and then tank. So I think it stands to reason we're likely to get a DPS hero. Um, other than that, I don't really have too many thoughts. Other than the kind of name that I saw that is completely unfounded. Um, but yeah, so I, I think it's probably going to be DPS. Personally, I think the game needs a tank more than it needs anything else at the moment. So mm-hmm. I won't be upset at all if we end up getting another tank. I, I think some variety there would be super helpful. Maybe that's just me uh, switching to a main tank role from a support role and, and wanting it really bad. <laughs> I don't really know. But um, it does feel like, I mean, you just hear so much about uh, all the problems Reinhardt's are having and mm-hmm. things like that. So maybe a CC resistant main tank option would be really good for the game uh, overall. Then, you know, the the CC can go into your back line and you can peel for them and it can kind of be a similar style to what we're used to instead of just stun the Reinhardt twice and he dies to Hanzo arrows to the face or something. Right, like that. right, so, right. Um, they did say no new map, but what if we got three new maps because they announced a new game mode? I'm just throwing that out there. It's certainly something that I think could be possible. There's also ways I think they could repurpose existing maps uh, in order to fit a new game mode. Uh, an example there would be, yeah, you know how, uh, um, what's it called? I saw this on, I think it was a Your Overwatch video that, that seemed like the most plausible idea. Um, you take a payload map and you may basically make it play out like the middle lane of a League of Legends game uh, where there's some destructible towers, some things that you have to defend and attack, and then there's like a core at the yeah. end. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, kind of like a single lane of a MOBA style map game mode where you've got multiple objectives to besiege mm-hmm. and take and destroy on your way to yeah. a main objective. Kind of, Something like that, but obviously you need some sort of time element to, to really push things along um just an idea i saw personally i'm not expecting a new game mode or anything like that i think it's something they would really need to test and and work on ahead of time so i don't know that they would just announce it at blizzcon but um it's the kind of big announcement that i think uh they really want to have at blizzcon so i'm, I'm not mm-hmm. closing the door on it i think it's possible so um yeah those are kind of my two predictions 
Blevins? Yeah, so there's been some rumors that there's going to be something big at BlizzCon and game mode game mode would be would definitely be big, but I mean we got a new game mode in Capture the Flag not that long ago. I mean I guess it was kind of long ago. It was like, 2 years ago. That, yeah, it was a little bit ago. And Deathmatch, but like those were just like those never ended up being like actually part of the I guess the competitive game. They were just uh, arcade. They had their own competitive section, but it was like, you know, put in the arcade. Yeah, no, they they didn't. They did, but they didn't. Uh, Like it it never ended up meaning anything or being anything. It's not going to be an Overwatch League, which of course is our focus. But, you know, those games kind of fell by those game modes fell by the wayside. If they came out with a new game mode that they put into the competitive game, that would be interesting. But I don't I just don't. I don't think it's going to happen. There's so much that they'd have to uh, they'd have to do with it. So, in terms of things that could be big key announcements that aren't that aren't just a hero and and uh, you know new skins and stuff. I don't know a sing, more single player content, but like not just like oh, there's going to be another event this year and it's you know the the uprising five. It's like okay, or Halloween Terror has you know three extra pumpkins. It's it. it I could see what if they did like something bigger than that. Like if they did like a, I don't know, some sort of campaign or something. I personally, I don't, I wouldn't really care that much about it. But it would be, it'd be like if they did like, I don't know, like single player campaigns or like playthroughs where you like play as Reaper through Reaper's story or something like. You that. You know, in regards know. to that, one idea that I kind of had the other day, the other day actually from World of Warcraft was. I think it was like at the end of last expansion, they had this thing called the Mage Tower where you had to choose like your specialty and you would go in there and it would be like a test of strength, right? Like you would Mm -hmm. choose whether you go tank or healer or DPS Mm -hmm. and they would test your strength, basically like a fight that is catered specifically for like that hero, you know? So Overwatch mm-hmm. could, I think, could do something interesting with that as a single player content. Like, can you do something that is like a, a tracer challenge? And in the tracer challenge, mm-hmm. you have to, you know, test your accuracy, test, test your, you know, how consistent you can be with your aim and your follow up, mm-hmm. test how good you can be with your blinks. Can you save them? And are you good at timing them, gauging the distance? Like maybe mm-hmm. in the trial for tracer you have a uh, very limited space maybe some places where you can fall off the thing so you have to time your blinks very precisely um maybe mm-hmm. you can have like a roadhog challenge where you have to be very careful where you use your your health so you don't die at certain points and you reduce the damage mm-hmm. at the right times i don't know but something like that single player i think would be pretty pretty cool in the game as long mm-hmm. as it's challenging right Ooh, or what if they did? I don't know if it would be single player. It would probably be single player if it was like RPG style, where like every time you beat one of the challenges, you get like, oh, okay, so you can either have plus ten percent movement speed or plus ten percent damage, or like you get an extra blink as tracer, and you start with like basic stuff. Like you start with yeah. one blink, you do like two percent damage. Like, like <laughs> you make Blevins it. really. And then, and then, in case anybody didn't know, Blevins loved the dungeon runs in Hearthstone. So that sounds like what he's talking about. <laughs> yeah, dungeon runs in Hearthstone. Like I love roguelike games. You move down like the challenge yes, or something. Roguelike, roguelike games uh, like Slay the Spire and Binding of Isaac, even though they're like very different types of game, they're both the roguelike. Like roguelike Overwatch single player. 
Mm-hmm. I I just came up with that off the top of my head. <laughs> That's a confirmed, guys. I'm sorry. I didn't. I'm I'm gonna get. I'm gonna go into Blizzard jail for this, but I'm I'm leaking it now. It happened. <laughs> I know. Jeff Jeff called me and he said, "Whatever you do when you go on the show tonight, don't tell him." Sorry, Jeff. Well, it we happened. were wrong about System of a Down as the musical guest, so yeah. now nobody trusts us. Actually, that would have been too bad <laughs> because they are going kind of back sweet, to the nineties. Yeah, been, yeah, they're back. They're back. They're back. They're actually touring in California, oh, yeah, cool. like right now. Nice. So yeah. that's why it was it like would a have been completely uh, possible. They were there. They were awesome. there. Um, bring it, bring it back a little bit to the topic of a new hero, though, because that's <laughs> that's the most plausible thing that we we're probably gonna get this BlizzCon. Well, it's definitely going to be a new hero. I want more than that. If it was gonna be a new hero, though, I want to throw some speculations over here because there's one thing in the game that I feel is missing a little bit. Like, can we have a hero that is a little more? utilitarian right like just utility just one hero that is mm. incredibly good just because of the toolkit that he brings to help his teammates or mm. debuff or kind of get in the way of the enemy team and one thing that i've been thinking about is there's no slow in the game like a lot of like mobile like games or games like this have there's may yeah, very 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 short range, but like the slow is not a significant part of her kit, right? Like, mm-hmm. sure. it's usually not why you play her. It would be interesting to have mm-hmm. a character that can maybe do it at a certain range, do it single target, mm-hmm. or maybe AOE. So if everyone's clustered together, he can just cast it. Those people around it get slowed in a certain way. Could benefit mm-hmm. characters like Reinhardt, for example, that already struggle with the uh, hypermobility of the game. And what if you take it like mm-hmm. a step further? What if this character can also help their its own teammates not get slowed or debuffed? Like if we could give something sort of like a Orisa Fortify or like in World of Warcraft, like paladins have like that spell that makes them immune to all crowd control and they can just move freely mm-hmm. for a, a certain amount of time. And what if you could give that to your teammates? Like if your Reinhardt is going to commit, boom, Some you give him immunity. the... Yeah, the fortify freedom, and now he like has Zarya. like four or yes. five seconds where he can't be slowed, he can't be stunned, he can't be thrown around like a puppet, uh, etc. You get the gist. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel like what you're talking about, like when we've kind of been like throwing out the names of the heroes that that kind of have some <laughs> of those abilities, as as you've mentioned them. Um, but I, I've always loved the idea of a debuff centric aura hero you know like a, a paladin mm-hmm. um like anti debuffer or whatever mm-hmm. uh that mm-hmm. would just run around and negatively impact the rest of the team um kind of think lucio how he can like speed buff or heal but instead i want something that goes and slows the enemy and drains life from him yeah uh, i also can maybe think get like a little thorns. more in depth in that category yeah yeah i think like a thorns ability would be something that's really Ooh, really interesting in this okay. game now we're talking uh, like to really Diablos. punish yeah, yeah, to really punish the high damage backliners and things like that. Um, mm. You know, sure, you can one clip me on Tracer. You'll have 10 HP after you do it, and we've got people that right. can sneeze on you, um, that sort of thing. So I, I think there's a lot that they can do with negatively impacting the other team. Uh, the only problem with that is is when you, even when it's not even good, right? Like how much does everybody hate May? Right, and right, like, right. She's not even great, but she like is a fun sink right. on the game and mm-hmm. um, that's my play style i you know when i play like card games whatever i'm always happiest when i'm 
aggravating my opponent because mm-hmm. then I can get them to make mistakes. I can get them to screw up and I don't even have to be better than them. I can just tilt them into a yeah, win. Yeah, about this um, games, And I, so. I love, right, I love doing that sort of thing. But um, yeah, so that that's the only reason I can see why they wouldn't want to do that is because it's got to be a nightmare to balance and, and allow the game to be fun in. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, you look at them just trying to provide counter heroes, then you've got Brigitte and everybody's super mad and I don't even think she's <laughs> yeah. overpowered anymore. But nerfs are still incoming. So right, but, but honestly, I like the idea that you said, for example, of Thorns, because Thorns is an example of of an ability, right? If you could throw this on an ally that maybe reduce the damage they take by 10% and reflected some of that damage back to whatever attacker mm-hmm. it was, it's an example of a great counterplay ability that doesn't feel terrible for the enemy, right? Because it's not like you're yeah. disabling them, you're not slowing them or right. taking them out of the battle. You're, you're just not affecting their health bar. Right. Like you you're just kind of like disincentivizing them. And if done at the right time, it can be like a roadblock, right? Like they maybe mm-hmm. want to focus the monkey that it's a little bit alone, but then it's like, oh, shoot, this monkey has thorns. If we all focus him right now, we might just all die right here or something like that. Wasn't that kind of like Zarya shield to an extent where it's like you either need to like okay we're all going to attack this and like take off the thorns or i mean i, I guess maybe it could just be over time so they just stop attacking or right or like or like oh we need to pop the thorns we need to take the damage or like charge the zarya and then and then push and it. you would so have to make that decision as an attacker right you have mm-hmm. to weigh the risk but then like it adds like that layer of complexity to the game where it's like right. a lot of counterplay a lot of decision making that goes on so i don't those kind of abilities are Pretty cool, in my opinion. Same with like so, choosing to liberate or Reinhardt, because Zarya Shield is an example of an ability like that, and I think mm-hmm. Zarya Shield and is Genji cool. You know, too, yeah, the Genji mm-hmm. Deflect is cool. Mm-hmm. So I kind of want to go yeah. back on a completely different tangent than like the thorns and the debuffing, because I think that that is something that is re- like DB. You were saying it was just like it's too hard to make this something that's fun for anyone besides the player, right? That's mm-hmm. using it. It's really hard to make it fun for everyone else and feel good. Like, example, May, or even Torbjorn for that matter, right? And Junkrat, where it's just like you're you're doing this one zone control type thing and you do it really well, but then everyone else is just like, ah, I just died to something stupid, you know? <laughs> but for me, I, I, I like looking back at how they kind of used what their inspiration was to design something and kind of like trying to make a separate derivative of that. And the example that I always like to go to is the Pyro in... in um, TF2 because it's not only a insta damage immediately but it is also a if you go out of my LOS you're not, you're not getting slowed like May would but you're actually just taking ticking damage down until mm-hmm. the burn gets out or until you do something to get rid of it whatever um, so I, I would love to see something like that. it doesn't have to be fire it can be literally anything I mean mm-hmm. this is a futuristic game you can make it similar to maybe Ana's shot where it like seeps down like you're talking about like like a dot kind of like a damage over time yeah but you don't have to have like line of sight on it it's just like something you put on them and maybe you can only Mm -hmm. have it as one target so similar to like a zenyatta orb but it's a hit hit centric it's not just like it happens um like maybe if it's uh, like if it's on mine kind of but like widow's mine is like is setting up like they Mm -hmm. have to walk on it right um this one is more of like it's in the it's in your cockpit. Like you, you, you have throw to hit the shot and then it goes. Right. Mm-hmm. So you take a little bit of damage. I guess the best way to do this is if you play World of Warcraft, there's a spell that warlocks get called Immolate. 
but it just happens. So basically what you do is you fire a hit scan shot and like it would hit them like with a burst of fire energy or something. Mm. And then they would burn for five seconds or something like that. And it would actually take a sizable, it has to take a sizable enough amount of damage that healers have to commit to it. But mm. then what they're doing is they're like, well, I have to make sure they don't die from this extra damage and also right. maintain the heals of everyone else. And then what you can do is you give that player in the cockpit that has this hit, hit ability, if they're hitting their shots, their idea is not even focusing down targets, but just making sure everyone's taking damage on the enemy team and making it really, mm. really hard on the healers. It just spins the whole dynamic in a completely different light and really emphasizes barrier use for defensive heroes. And then on the flip side, the other idea I had was taking what you see with Torbjorn, Symmetra, and Junkrat, and mm -hmm. instead of making like each one of like the trap or the turret or the the little sentries like one part of the kit, making that entire thing the kit. So saying like, well, they can throw this oh. or they can throw this or they can throw a trap, and like they literally do nothing. Oh, interesting. Like so kind of like a Brigitte where they can only hit something like right next to them with a punch, but mm -hmm. it's like every one of their other abilities is really strong. But it Although requires that, the enemy to like might be get trapped. How you get the next orb, though? The hero that everyone hates, <laughs> nobody likes to play with. <laughs> it could be really weak, but it could also be spun in such a way that's really intriguing as well. So it depends could on how really they. Spin I guess it would depend on the tools that he has. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe like you mix like a support hero with like a defensive hero is kind of the idea, like a health pack and a trap, and then. Something else, like a vicinity-based turret. You'd have to give him an incentive to engage at one point because what is to keep a hero like that to just kind of like setting up everything and just being like eight meters in the back or something? What if it was like, okay, so Brigitte and Reinhardt have this thing where they have to click to hit people, right? And they have to be within a minimum mm -hmm. range. What if they just had something like the turret where it automatically shot stuff and you could just like use your clicking to point at what you want to shoot and it just does it? And you have to be close range to do it, and it just does a crap yeah. ton of damage. Like, I don't know, like a, a turret backpack or something stupid. Turret and then you're backpack. just throwing out health packs. <laughs> that's terrifying. Jetpack with a turret and health packs, and that's all you do. <laughs> Jetpack jet cat. Jetpack cat with, Rob, a, with a gun. Rob's jetpack cat. Railgun. Uh, Railgun jetpack cat. There we go. All these ideas are great, and it would be super exciting, and I just think it's really funny that we're going to get like a hit scan hero with... Yeah, we're probably going to be McCree 2.0. Cut, cut and cut dry abilities, <laughs> different and we're all going to be, we're all yeah. gonna be like, beside ourselves with excitement about it. Yeah, he shoots yeah. a gun. Or he shoots I a really hope gun. that is the case, Death Or he shoots really a different gun. Case. You know, the game, honestly, if we're getting a, hit, a DPS, it needs to be hit scan. Like, the, the hit scan options have been in the game forever. Um, mm. Nothing's changed as far as hit scan is concerned. Concerned, and they're ruining my life and buffing Mercy again. So yeah, we've got we've got <laughs> although, to get Pharaoh Mercy although, out of this. Guy. If you're gonna add a new Hitskin hero, like how do you differentiate it from the other ones? Like what would you give him that is different from a Kree and Soldier? Not one railgun, two railguns. <laughs> <laughs> make make, him, a, Widow's make him a hamster hook. in a ball, and then <laughs> you make Widow's grappling um, hook the shot, and it's hit scan. So, so you grappling hook oh, to the target that you're hitting instead of hooking them to you. You grapple to them. That sounds awful. It's like <laughs> Widow Doomfist that hybrid sounds... where you like yeah. grapple to them and then punch them into the wall or something. I don't know. I don't That's think so you would punch them, but maybe you could just like drop them. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if they're high ground or or maybe. So you want okay. so Spider-Man. Okay, okay. You put Spider-Man in the game and he webs <laughs> no. them down. Yes. Spider okay. Jetpack like Cat. It. If the yes. Grinch Spider could be in Smash Bros. How is that, how is that a hit? Jetpack Spider Cat. Why are you ruining our fun? Just call down lightning. 
It's like a wizard, space wizard Overwatch. There we go. We get, we figured it out. It's all in a hit scan shell. It's gonna it's fine. Yeah. It's gonna be great. Hit scan, but you don't have to aim. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just always all get right, soldier right, right, ultimate right. up. Yeah, Let's go to Overwatch news real quick. We're never gonna get through this. All right. No. Um I've got 50 So what do you guys ideas. think of just new tour of opinions, right? We got the new molten core, the lava, the floor is lava, literally. We got the 150 armor overload with speed increase and armor. We got the new turret. We got the new rivet gun. Speeds adjusted. What do you guys think of this? I know Deathblow probably kick it to you first because you've been playing probably the most of all of us on this. Um, yeah, we've tried this a good amount in scrims, and I've got to say it's really, really strong, and it's really good in in very different places than you'd you'd expect it to be. Um, you know, it's been very difficult for me. I've not gotten a ton of opportunities to play it. You know, it's been on my team in the, in the scrims, but I only had one night where I really got to like just constantly Q Torb and, and go with it. And it's very different. You know, before you used to like, you know, care about your turret and where you put it and the positioning was super important. And now you just like run in and you need to realize that you're basically Hanzo uh, when you left click things now and you just like turn left quick and throw your turret over there. And then if they spend any time on it, you'll kill them while they're looking at it sort of thing. So it's it's a very different play style with the new Torbjorn. Um, I think it's very good uh, in general. Uh, it's very good at, at tanky compositions. Um, the new ultimate combos phenomenally with Graviton from your Ooh. Zarya player. Um, so you just group everybody up and make the floor lava underneath them and they, and they just drop. Um, it's, it's really good against those tanks, like I said. So if you're going against goats and you need a counter for it. We found Doomfist Torbjorn to be a really effective counter uh, to goats. We've even been able to pull it off on King of the Hill maps. Um, like I said, it's a, the whole Torbjorn kit is a completely new animal now. Uh, as far as playing it goes, the new projectile is really, really different. Uh, it's yeah, goofy it to play with. And I've really struggled with just have, having a high impact when playing it because I just don't hit my left click shots like I used to. Because I'm expecting old Torb gun, it's which that, I was mean with. I love that right? gun. It's a lot it's, faster. It's ten it, faster, I guess. Is yeah, what they it, said, it, but yeah, it's, it's significantly faster. Arbitrary. Numbers. I don't think you drop as much either. I think it's a flatter trajectory, mm -hmm, but I don't know for sure on that. Yeah, right. It does feel like um, it. Yeah. Yeah, so like I'm overcompensating, trying to hit headshots, and they're just flying over people's heads and yeah, things it, like it that. It feels but more like that's a Hanzo arrow now. It, to me and you've got to treat it like that like you basically just on shot or firing fully charged left clicks out of a hanzo gun is basically right. what it what it feels like when you're hitting the shots so uh it's really really good um also when you're not me and you remember to molten core on cooldown or very often whenever the fight happens uh, the old molten core what is it, overload it's called now yeah. Um, it's just on a regular cooldown, uh, and that's incredibly powerful. And as a Winston player trying to dive against Torbjorns, I can tell you, you just get popped like a zit so fast, it's not even funny. And there's so <laughs> many things in the game that already do such high damage that it, it just kind of combos in with like the Junkrat they're playing or the Hanzo that's on his team as well. And if you dive a Torbjorn, you're just going to die. Um, mm. So it's, it's really, really interesting to play around those changes and just figure them out. Um, and it, listen, I've always loved Torbjorn. Um, maybe it's just because I'm such a large giant that I always like the really small guys in games. Like <laughs> no Morlock in World of Warcraft was my ideal class, uh, you know, race combo to, to play until goblins came out. Cause hordes way better than Alliance. Uh, don't at me. <laughs> Fact. Uh, yeah. Uh, if you play Alliance, Only don't come up to me at BlizzCon. I will just, I will just be making fun of you. Um, but yeah, so, 
um, yeah, he's been a lot of fun to learn and play around and, and figure out. So uh, if you are a good projectile player and you are really good at Hanzo, pick this guy up and play him because I think you're going to have a lot of success with him if you can get used to the new projectile. Okay. I was going to say, I do love the direction that they took Torbjorn in. Like you were saying, like mm-hmm. him being really good against tanks is a, just a great little counter to have in your pocket when like Ghost is getting out of hand or like the enemy team is just mm-hmm. trying to cheese you out with health. Uh, you're just like, you know what? I got you. Bring the Torb out. And he's a sturdy yeah. little DPS. Well, uh, like you were saying, like diving him is usually not a good idea because he has now that molten core pretty much on demand, right? As long as the Torbjorn is saving it for the right times, you're not going to catch him off guard like that. Um, The armor is pretty good. So as a DPS in general, he's on the sturdier side, I feel. If you dive him, he pops it right away. The cooldown's up so that he can f- pop it again to clean up your team at the end of the fight, and then it'll be up again for the start of the next fight. So um, focusing him is is almost not the way to go, which is really weird because he's such a high damage output right now, especially if you're anywhere near him and he can right-click. Um, so yeah. it's created a very interesting dynamic. And um, But it also, I mean, we're saying all these nice things about him. It doesn't feel overpowered no. to me personally. Well, yeah. I, about I just think I'm... Agree to that. Right. Like, I just think on, on Winston, I'm so used to, well, I'll just dive the Torbjorn, place mm-hmm. my turret right in front of, or place my shield right in front of the turret, and then the turret will be dead, and then I don't need to fight the Torbjorn. As long as his right. turret's down, he's not getting value. Um, and that's definitely not the case anymore. So you just really need to change how you play against it, um, and maybe don't dive into it so much. Just go with, like, a Ryan Zarya comp and, and get your spam DPS. You know, play, like, Hanzo Farah into it, or Widow and, and Farah. Or, you know, you just need to be able to spam down, and, and whenever the shield down be able to kill the turret right um and you know you'll be in a pretty decent and I, I was about to say that like range is your friend right here like torbjorn is filling a very niche mm-hmm. role right now like great against tanks great against like those dp or like compositions that kind of have to like slow their way slowly drag their way mm-hmm. to the point uh but as soon as you bring some range even like mccree or soldier can actually give him a hard time because you know he's still a very medium to close range kind of guy. Uh, that's like where his preferred method. And the the turret still requires some setup. So you have to play into him to get the most out of it. But if you're keeping your distance and just firing some massive shots at him, he does have a pretty big head. And so, you know, wid- widows tend to enjoy that. All right. Well, for the sake of time, I'm going to kind of blast through these and then kick it to Blevins to talk about uh, World Cup and the new deathmatch. Okay. So we have season 12 is now ended. By the time you're listening to this outside of the live show, it is UTC or Universal Time uh, at 00 on October 29th. And it's also 5 p.m. on the same day in Pacific time. And season 13 kicks off the next three days later on November the 1st, 0 UTC or 5 p.m. October 31st on Pacific daylight time. Again, keep that in mind that the daylight time, it will be shifting in stateside to standard time after BlizzCon. So if you have those flights home and you are stateside or, or North America, South America, those time zones will shift and you have daylight savings time leaving for standard for me, it doesn't really affect me. I'm still losing cra- crazy amounts of time with traveling across the globe. But, yeah. Um, there's also the rewards. As a reminder for you guys, bronze is 65 rewarded uh, CP if that's where you're peaked. Silver at 125. Gold at 250. Platinum at 500. And then if you're at diamond plus, you have to end there, I believe. You have to end in these ranks in order to get these CPs, which is um, 
750, 1200, and 1750 accordingly. I thought you were going to say it was unfair because it feels unfair. (laughs) (laughs) It feels unfair. Okay. Any any other comments for the peanut gallery, DB? No, I just I just okay. I just want my master's <laughs> rewards, and I'm not going to finish there. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You've been playing a lot of scrim, so it, it happens, right? Yeah. yeah. All right, De- um, Blevins, talk to me about team deathmatch returns. Um, team deathmatch returns. Okay, yeah. next one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I don't know why. I just don't care about team deathmatch at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. It, uh, yeah, we're both we're both pretty anti that game mode, but yeah, uh, it looks fun. like it'll be back okay. for the off season. Yeah, it's it's I guess it's nice to have something that is uh, there to play somewhat competitively in the off season, which is fine. Um, but deathmatch, like I'm, I like warming up with deathmatch, and like it's fun for a little bit for me. But a lot of times, it's just like I I, I couldn't care less about it. Okay. I would say Andres. like that's like the closest we're gonna get to getting another game mode. Like one of these like competitive like four v four deathmatch style. Um I've played him before. Yeah. I've had a good time with him. Um the thing about him is that kinda like Blevins and Deathblow, like not a lot of people really care much for the game mode. So you don't get a lot of competition or easy ease of access people to just like play with you in this sort of game mode which i think is the sort of game mode that you kind of want to have that you know because that was the was the point of grouping up with people if you're not gonna you know work together and um right at, at that point you might as well just join regular deathmatch so it's a little harder to you know get hyper competitive in that mode but i personally enjoy it just because it's very to the point and you still get to play off some of the team synergies that you would do in comp mm-hmm. while in team deathmatch or just in single deathmatch it's just like you by yourself what can you do with it's your it's a hero? very different feel because it right. is the team mm-hmm. orientation like you have the 4v4 first to 30 like that's team deathmatch whereas the other one is like was it first to 20 first to 25 and it's like 1v1v1 up to eight players it's yeah like, and, mm-hmm. and like the team deathmatch yeah. you still get to take advantage of healers of tanks in the traditional way <laughs> right. that you take advantage of them so I I enjoy it because of that. And personally, I like the to the point nature of it. You know, like there's no objective. It's just like go go kill each other. I I do like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is nice kind of mindless isn't really the best word for it, but it feels kind of like mindless. I just go in, I'm getting my kills, I'm healing. I I love playing Moira in that in that in those uh, modes. But yeah, no, it's. I don't know. Even though it is like a competitive air quotes mode, it's just not, it's not part of like the competitive suite for competitive games. So it's mm-hmm. like, and I, I don't think it ever will be. And I don't think it probably shouldn't be just cause it like, it's so, well, it's not six V six. First of all, it's not so what like the it, game balances yeah. around. Exactly. Exactly. So it's fun. And a lot of people like it. So I like that people like it. Um, and I play it from time to time. It's just not, Sure. Not something I put a lot of time into. All right. Let's skip this other thing that I put in the show notes. We're going to go straight to World Cup. Um, we, we're talking about how if you guys want to talk more and World Cup predictions, we're going to actually probably touch on this on our panel. And the high yeah. noon pre-BlizzCon episode will be ad nauseum probably with this because uh, yeah. there's going to be a lot of overlap. <laughs> but we can probably just run through some quick things if you'd like. Um, maybe like a quick preview and then kind of move on to PTR. Yeah, we already did our um, 
like bracket predictions. So we'll just kind of right. go over them here and probably let sure. that stand. But that's it's out there. Our, our full in depth predictions yeah. for sure. Okay, Blevins, you want to take us away here? Yeah. So the first is UK versus USA. USA. If anyone says UK, uh, I can just turn the stream off now. That's fine. But uh, I'm solidly <laughs> picking USA here. Yeah, I don't think these teams are really personally on the same tier. Um, we're talking about USA, and they and they performed like in their qualifier, uh, like one of the front runners. Uh, there's really, to my mind, this is a three man race going into this eight man tournament bracket, mm-hmm. um, and USA is one of those one of those uh, people in the race. The UK is not, um, so I don't see how the UK overcomes just the the talent discrepancy here. Um, mm-hmm. They're also UK is switching out their main tank. Uh, Christopher's going into a coaching role. I can't remember exactly who they're bringing in to replace them off the top of my head. Um, but, you know, you're they're now going to, like, their second option at main tank, so they're even kind mm. of theoretically downgrading their roster. Not that it has to play out that way, but... Um, it's no, the British Hurricanes this... main tank is moving into that role, by the way. Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, I, like, Muma is the best in the West as far as tanks are concerned, so uh, no matter space, who they bring... Which is arguably yeah, one of the Muma's, best, too. Yeah, Muma space is terrifying. So uh, mm-hmm. I expect a front line uh, of the USA to just completely walk through the front line of UK. And after that, it's just going to be a matter of, of cleanup and what heroes they play to do it with. So it um, should be a lot of fun to watch that one if you're a USA fan. Um, also, really enjoy the new spectator mode that you guys get that we don't get to play oh, with because yeah. we're going. Um, make sure you guys check that out as well. You can like watch in client and like control the camera yourself and watch the different player perspectives. You know, do we that. didn't touch on that, but that it's... We've Forgot to talk about that. That's yet. a huge thing that, that uh, this BlizzCon is yeah. offering. I mean, I'm sure mm-hmm. most yeah. people have seen the announcement from Jeff, but we're basically getting <coughs> the spectator mode that we've always talked about and wanted to get. Uh, this mm-hmm. BlizzCon, granted, is gonna be a limited version of it. We're only gonna get it for the World Cup. You're gonna have to download a mm-hmm. separate client of the game that has this version. But you're gonna be able to watch oh, really? all of the matches. Yeah, yeah, it's not gonna be. It's a be- it's a beta. It's test a beta. Test. beta. That's a yeah. huge yeah. yikes. Yeah, yeah. That is a huge yikes. But but it does mean that-, that they're working on it, and it does mean that it's at least at a stage where they can put it out to the public and test it out. I think this is gonna be their beta test, basically. Like, how does it go with the World yeah. Cup? Uh, how do people interact with it? Is it working? Do people like it? Should we add more features? Should we take away features? I I, I that's my guess right now. I didn't the, realize the you had to download this, a different client. It's not That's really like pretty, a full game client. It's going to be in like that little button viewer. where you have like PTR yeah. in your region. You'll just get another one because they did that with WoW and WoW Classic. Mm-hmm. So the WoW you Classic have to download another... You'll have to download... Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's a full game they have to download, but you do have to download yeah, it's, a separate thing. It's, it's for the. It's because it's a beta test. They can't introduce get, something that might cause any problems it. into the client. Right, right. they don't want to um, mess with the main game. I'd be... I'm interested to see how many people actually do that because now I'm like, yeah, I would do it mostly because I want to talk about it. But like, if I were just a random person watching, like, mm, yeah, the hype I, I, I mean, your your average everyday fan is fine. But to me, the, what, what's so great about this mode here isn't even the spectator experience, which will be massively better for having this. Fit go figures. The one time I'm going to BlizzCon, they increase the stay at home <laughs> experience tremendously. Um, but 
Um, what this is going to do is it's going to allow content creators on YouTube to get unique mm. camera angles that will mm. be specific to their videos. It's going to up everybody's game as far as, you know, people were complaining about the uh, viewing or the viewers for Overwatch League for how long, right? Like how many Reddit threads were devoted to uh, what camera <laughs> angle was, you know what I mean? Like now all these guys that want to do that can now practice at home. Right. Like they can go watch a game and they can go watch it live and try to sw hot swap between and, and figure right. out what they want to do. So now production. there's like, right. They can do, they can train for this and, and really differentiate themselves by making YouTube content, things like that. So this to me is just what, and this is something that's come up on, on the high noon show. It sounds like you guys have brought it up a lot too. Um, just, we, we, how many times we've said, just do what Dota's doing. Like why right. Dota has it? Why In don't you have well, it? Right. I mean, their right. yeah, games historically have had too. a replay system and a very good one. Like right. Warcraft Three, Starcraft, they'll have like an amazing replay mm. system where you can basically relive right. the game from any angle at any speed that you want. Mm -hmm. And yeah. it sounds mm -hmm. like that's basically what we're getting with <laughs> this feature. Just not quite into mm -hmm. the game, but in the early stages of it, which makes me really excited. As yeah. My main thing about it is just being able to watch the particular players that I like basically 24-7 during the match. Like do I what they do. Yeah, yeah. I want to see that Tracer player, that Widow player. I want to see how they approach the angles. Like when they're turning around the corner, yeah. I want to see where they're looking at, where they're like turning their heads. slow cam too. Yeah. So do we... If you're watching in the client, do you still hear the broadcast? We don't know, but I my guess is no. I don't um, exactly know, but my guess is you do that in Dota or you can in my Dota. My guess is there's gonna be a channel hopefully. of the broadcast and hopefully you can separate from that channel and do the the spectator yourself while listening to the casters, because that would be the ultimate, right? If you can have the view while still enjoying the regular broadcast kinda like in the background, that would be awesome. I would I would say it's probably safe to assume people. that this is something if we don't right. know anything about it that we shouldn't really comment on if it's important or not until we get it and then we can see what we right. got. Um, just for, just from the nature of that and how much time we have left with this show. Right, but talking um, about features, I'll, that's definitely coming and it's a big one. Yeah, and, and I, I definitely want to highlight one aspect of this because this is our first look at how players and people in the production team can utilize some new tools with with also matching the brand new colorblindness options. And I know that this is kind of something that people aren't discussing, but truth of the matter is the, the, the colorblind options have been awful until a couple weeks ago. They've been so bad. Like some of the worst in top eSport games, the, the colorblindness options have been very, very, very poor and subpar with regards to what they can even have access to if you have that disability and how far reaching that disability is with how many different kinds of it, it there are. And now you have people that can, like Deathblow touched on, I'm glad you talked about people can train this. Now you have people that are disabled that can train for this because mm -hmm. we didn't have that before. Mm -hmm. And even if we did get the tool and now they didn't have the colorblindness option before this happened, they've laid a lot of groundwork to get us there. I mean, think back to what we were talking about last year before BlizzCon. They're like, hey, we have these new options. You guys can see all the teams in one color in their jerseys, the in-game mm -hmm. jersey thing. Right? That's huge. And maybe this year we'll get actually World Cup, not OWL, World Cup style jerseys you can buy in the game. That would be huge. That would right? be cool. That would be cool. So we have all of those cool things that could be coming, but yeah, this is this is maybe 
the best update we got this year, not just like some exciting thing, right? Like mm-hmm. this is maybe the best thing coming to the game period that we've been asking for for over a year. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I just I, I try not to jump to give Blizzard too much credit because this is something that basically every other esport has had for a very long time. Oh, and something of like Fortnite. It's an expectation that they need to be right. under at this point. Right. Fortnite got it very quickly. Um, so really, this is more Blizzard catching up than Blizzard doing something really. I mean, it's great, but it's not like, wow, Blizzard is really innovating. It's like, no, they're very far behind and they're finally catching up. <laughs> it's really interesting, too, because you like to see how far they, behind they are in some aspects of the game really shows where mm-hmm. they're pushing their resources. Because right. we know yep. that their resources are definitely making the esport, putting this out, mm-hmm. seeing what they can do with that, getting getting budgeting, getting advertising, you know, putting putting all of their funding in, in all of their eggs in that basket. And, and then once they get there... The entire team was basically working around the league. And balance. And, and so what you see is there's not a whole lot of casual player experience insanity that you're going to be able to see that's, like, really, really fun for a lot of players because Overwatch, frankly, isn't that casual, um, I guess you could say, like, casual um, catered. I would mm-hmm. say, um, outside of the maybe the um, console player experience, because they right. do typically balance. They, they, I mean, they do balance the game for console, which is nice, right? Um, that's not yeah. something that you can say about every game. Um, I know that for a fact. I mean, some of the and, like, yeah, go ahead, that's well. I've been talking. And a lot. I was just gonna say, in in defense of uh, Blizzard on this one too, and it's it's coming up in chat while I was waiting for my my chance to uh, yeah uh, mention it. So thanks, Monkey Prince. But um, a lot of games, pre existing games, and I don't know about Fortnite, and I don't usually follow this too closely. They come from like the Unreal Engine, or the you know right. they well, they're Epic based off of pre existing so. right. Yeah. So presumably Fortnite's on it, and a lot of yeah. these tools like Replay and the ability to do that might be built into those engines. So with That's true. Overwatch, they created everything from scratch. They just had a you it's know. A blank, a blank sheet um so they needed to yeah. hard code all that from the beginning so the other games that are, are keeping uh you know using existing platforms and now it's it's kind of right, an but excuse that was a but it's not at the same time right at the beginning like they could but just it was use the game the is infinitely engine. better because of that is it um I, I really think so. I've never played anything in the Unreal Engine that felt as clean and polished as Overwatch personally. Um, but again, I could have played games and not known they were in the Unreal Engine because normally I don't right. care. I just want the I game to be fun. I, I don't know um, enough about the <laughs> but, engines to differentiate between what's good and bad about them. I just know that Dota and CSGO and all these other things have a lot of really great features and Overwatch I don't, doesn't have those things. I don't think you would have had the polished feel, the the you know the high-level graphics, the you know everything that you have with Overwatch. I think it would have been a much sloppier game and and it was, wouldn't have had that water coated on that's what i want i don't know but we need yeah every game should use that water for the rest of time um oh, but it, you make but a yeah, good so, point though like they do build everything from scratch and whether that's a good thing or a bad thing you know it allows them to have it's a time consuming it, thing so much freedom right <laughs> yeah it's a very mm-hmm. time consuming endeavor that is for sure and that's why you know overwatch has been in the making for like over 10 years if you count like Titan mm-hmm. and like what that took. Um, <clears throat> but now they have this engine that they control themselves. They can modify at any time. They can get into the guts of that thing and change it like mm. from the ground up, you know? So uh, no, not a but lot of companies they? can say what that. They, they have their do? proprietary right. engine that they can make games out of, which I think is huge for them. Blevins, you were going to say something? Uh, I've I've made my point already. I'm not impressed. And <laughs> it was, like, it was get, snide and snarky. Don't worry about it. it it's very so, snide so, and snarky. The only thing that I want to say about this, the before we move on, is that 
when you're looking at something that a, a company is doing that requires, like we were saying, a, a ton of resources because it hasn't been built in that engine yet, so they're literally like pioneering the process and making something out of it that they, uh, hasn't existed before and trying to match something that exists in another engine. Um, but once that stuff is done, once you basically lay the groundwork and the foundation is there and you have the basis and then you've built something on the foundation, now you can actually get to work and not dedicate as many resources to changing what's there. Mm -hmm. So what we're seeing is over the course of Blizzard's lifespan in Team, I guess it's Team 6, um, Overwatch, team, Overwatch Team, Titan, mm -hmm. when they've made this engine, they've done all these things, they've actually had to create a lot of these groundworks over the course of time since we're getting to this point of Blizzard's like existence mm -hmm. with Overwatch. So every time they do something like this that is a fundamental building stage item that they're putting into the game, I feel like... Mm -hmm. That just means that that's one less big thing they have to dedicate resources to in the future. Right. And so what we're going to see, I think, is basically over the first... Oh, this is year three of Overwatch that we're going on after this time. I think that's right. 2016. We're hitting, we're hitting, yeah, so going I think the, yeah. once we're building, now we're basically going to start seeing a snowball effect. We're going to see a lot of stuff happening. We're going to see... Like like we've seen... Like we see I think you're forgetting what company we're dealing with. So. Hero updates. We're going to see like more more spectator features it doesn't mean that they're gonna yeah. be as detailed or as far-reaching but what i mean is that the the volume mm -hmm. of the update is probably going to be larger that's what i'm basically I saying. seriously doubt that well, I, think, I think you're forgetting our, what developer we're dealing with because we're dealing with the best developer video game developer in the world in my opinion um and you I think forget, our grandkids like, will have how did really Rome, how did Realm royale games. go do you want people that use <laughs> <Right>. engines that, <laughs> you know how did that go no, poor, there's poor, so poor, many other developers that ruin things high-res is trash <laughs> high-res is a trash is a trash developer but they're the overall i'd say they're probably above average Blizzard they is still exist. above average. Right. Like, I think they're above average. I just think Blizzard's sure. the, the, the tops. And because of that, they put expectations on themselves to release a level of polish that no other developer does. I think does. Blizzard so that does a wait, lot of things but... really great. And speed is not one of them. I don't think I was even mentioning speed in that entire equation. I think that's something you're kind of reading into what I was saying. I was saying volume. <laughs> well, when you get I'm the update, saying, there's more yeah. content there. Yeah. It doesn't mean that it's Maybe. happening faster. It just means that over the course of time with regular updates, you're getting more in that venue. I'm just trying to get. I'm just trying to get in Blizzard jail so that when I show up, they <laughs> yell at me for. It doesn't take much. You just say "boo" once. You're gonna when, show up and your media badge is gonna be revoked. <laughs> oh, oh, that would be the I story. Just, I will have my recorder ready. I will have I want ready. two like orc guards to come and put me in physical <laughs> Blizzard jail. That's what I want. I want the Murloc, the Murloc run or the Murloc march that they're doing to have two of them dressed up like. I don't know. Blizzard employees mixing in a Murloc outfit, taking you to Blizzard. Wait, what is this? What is a Murloc march? They're doing some cosplay event where they just walk oh. from one side of the end to another, and yeah, it's kind of oh, weird. Okay. It's on the schedule. All right, let's gotcha. get into PTR now that we're done with talking about craziness. Um, <laughs> so the first thing is that in general, on the PTR, all jump height consistencies across the hero roster have been changed. And I had to actually watch a video on this and do some test testing on the PTR to figure out what this means. <laughs> basically what this Torbjorn's means- Torbjorn's got ups like LeBron. This <laughs> means that this your vertical, you basically, from what I was seeing is that your jump height is adjusted for what you can do with crouch jumping from a standing position versus like a running position. So if you jump and then hit the crouch button at the end of your jump, you actually get more height 
like you would do in any traditional shooting game that's first person. It's just like across the board. Well, in Overwatch, in a lot of ways, um, in some areas of the maps, it would actually be better for you to walk up to the wall, jump, and then crouch, and then you can move. So it was really weird. It like had to do with the momentum and how it was coded. So basically, they're making it so that everyone's jump height is not just in that frame so that you have a moving jump height that's more consistent amongst everyone, but everyone also has equal distance how much they can jump. Not like within the character model, but how much movement you can do. So like the meme says, right, Torbjorn can jump as high as, you know, a big model Roadhog. So Roadhog looks like he can only jump like five inches, whereas Torb has like 10 feet. Right. So <laughs> everyone's jump height is the same now and it is adjusted. So you're going to have to kind of play with some of the places you thought you could jump before you may not be able to anymore. And this does affect rocket jumping. So if you're going to go mess with that, Ooh. you're going to need to go play with it. It's an interesting right. change. Again, this is yeah. not something we can talk at as an ad nauseum like we'd, I would like to, but that's just because there's little time between when this update went live and a lot of testing that needs to be taking place before I can actually comment on it. Yeah. Um, but there will be cool. YouTube videos. There'll be other streamers that are doing this. Please go check it out. I know that I'll, I'll shout out Overwatch Central because I'm, I'm sure I'll go see Ryan again when we go down there. Um, but they made a pretty good, at least small video about the jump height consistency with regards to crouch jumping that you can go check out on their YouTube page. All right. Who hates Mercy the most and who wants to talk about Valkyrie's change? Let's go. <laughs> DB. Yeah, I had to change my role because of this hero. Um, so, yeah, Mercy's Valkyrie is getting uh, ultimate cost reduced, reduction by 15% uh, and the healing per second while in Valkyrie is increased from 50 to 60. So, uh, to me, this is walking back a little bit of the last nerf that basically brought Anna into the forefront, made the support gameplay about, you know, uh, what's the word, skill again. Um, <laughs> so, this is, to me, really frustrating. I, I kind of hate this change. Um, the... The end of the Moth meta, the end of the Mercy meta where everything was being played, she was good because her ultimate was so good, right? So now they've buffed her ultimate to bring it back in line with about where it was before. And now she's still technically dealing less healing while outside of the ultimate, so it should charge slower, but they're making it charge faster just on a baseline percentage. Um, so this is, to me, going to put us back to a similar state where we were at the end of the Mercy meta. Uh, I'm, Full disclosure, I've not been the best uh, and most accurate predictor of what metas will be after balance changes and things like that. So I could very easily be wrong about the impact this will have. Pretty um, much but everybody if, that makes predictions about meta changes. Yes. Um, it's it's so different in a first first shooter environment than it is in like a card game environment that I'm used to, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, if you can get to the point where the first fight is the only one where Valkyrie is not up, like it was previously, then she will be back to a must-pick status again, and Anna will get pushed out is kind of the way I think this is going to go. Uh, I don't understand this at all. I think universally, if you're not a Mercy main, uh, you were e exceedingly happy with the change. You really enjoy this meta much more than before. Um, there's never been diversity in support heroes. And I, I almost want them to stop trying to make that happen and just deliberately rotate them in and out of relevance by, um, you know, adjusting things and, and just kind of let there be a little bit of a cycle to it uh, and not really focus on trying to make it so that way you can switch freely between four of them. Because I'm just it's been so long since I've seen anything like that. Uh, and by that, I mean, I've never seen anything like that in the in the history of the game um, that I just 
I, I'm okay with it. The game's been fun for me. I've been a support player the entire time it was happening before. And until it was, are you sorry, Death Blow, we need you to play Mercy. It's like, okay, I quit the team. I'm done. Um, you know, it's, <laughs> that was kind of how, how it went with me. Um, so yeah, I, like just go back to like, let us play the Lucio Anna meta out for a little while. I don't, I don't want them to bring Mercy back into relevance. It was too long where she was there and must pick and is no fun. And it's a first person shooter. I don't want a staff out that I use to heal people with. I, I want a gun. I want the ability mm-hmm. to defend myself uh, while I do my job. And, and so, I don't know. Mercy's just very much so not my hero. Um, I don't, I don't want to even be tempted or feel like I should play her or anything like that. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm very nervous about this particular line in the PTR patch notes. I don't know. I, although I agree that I don't want to go back to the Mercy meta where Mercy had to be there every single game. I don't know if this change alone is going to make us go back to that. To me, this is more of a Mercy is getting neglected quite a lot. And Anna is clearly the superior healing in most situations. I think that this change at least gives you more of a reason to bring her in. Um, And to be honest, the changes Anna has had have been fantastic. The biggest change that I think brought her into the forefront was that ultimate buff that she got, where now her ultimate is no longer just an offensive ability, but you know, you can actually use it to heal and protect your allies. And if somebody's gonna die, you're like, "Uh uh-uh. It give it gave her like mm-hmm. mercy like characteristics, right? You can almost return somebody from death with uh, the the nano boost. I mean, as long as they're not literally dead. Um, mm-hmm. And I think this this just makes it so that mercy is just not completely forgotten. Because right now, if you're a fantastic Anna player, you're going to outheal a good mercy player. There's just no way around it. You you just have more healing per second at this point. So I like that they're giving her back some healing, but not all the time, only with her ultimate is active. And now she's gonna get her ultimate a little bit quicker. Um, and I think it's gonna be all about that ultimate. Mercy players are gonna wanna get that ASAP because as long as they don't have that, they might as well be playing Anna as long as they're good with Anna. She'll continue to be mediocre without the ultimate. And deeply in my heart, I want you to be 100% correct. So <laughs> yeah, no, I, hope, I hope you're right. For me, as again, I feel obligated anytime a support change goes live to, to voice an opinion. Um, but like, to me, I feel like I'm I'm kind of the in-between between Andres and, and uh, Deathblow and not for just for the sake of argument's sake. <laughs> But, like, basically, I feel like this is just a huge step back from what they did say that they were going to do with, you know, her kit. They're like, hey, this is too strong. This is what we're going to do. And this is what we did. But the problem was, for me, is that, like Andre said with the flexibility in them putting this back, is that she actually has a non-defensive tool. Like, she can help the engagement with the push of the healing and the damage boost, right? Like the Orisa. But for me, I, I just want this to be more about the decision not just to pop the ultimate but what you do during it i want more offensive capabilities while you're using it like offensively to fly in the air and put the healing beam on like six targets doesn't feel offensive at all even though it might be labeled as such i want to whip out the pistol and i want to frag okay like i don't care if i got angel wings and i look like a nurse i want to shoot you in the head i want you to die okay so like there is nothing in the game that they've done with any of the mercy changes outside of when they made this ability have infinite ammo that mercy has gotten that is a feel of an offensive movement and so Mm -hmm. for me it's like if you're going to adjust valkyrie and you want to make it feel more powerful 
you're going to have to change it so that it, it fits a specific venue. And that's what they did. So they're saying, look, you have to do the healing per second increase. And it's like, well, what they were doing before is they're getting a lot lower healing output throughout the game. And now they're just saying, well, we're just making the ultimate the way it was before. That's in essence what's going on. And then you're going to be able to get it faster. So for me, it's like, if they're going to change this, it could shift the meta. It could not. But the last time we got a Mercy update where she got slapped into the ground, Ana's gotten the best buff that she's ever received, which is healing 300 mm -hmm. health at the same time. So now we mm -hmm. need to see what it's like in this environment where we have 300 health every time you nano somebody or if you want to trade that for a actually good Valkyrie. So there's those two dichotomy things that we need to kind of analyze when you're looking at this. Do we have answers? No, because this is not a prediction show. We don't predict the meta. We just see what happens. All right, the next one. Uh, Reaper. This is this is interesting. I'm going to take this one real quick, and then I'm going to pass it uh, to whoever wants it next. I'll probably just give it to Andres next. So Reaper's Hellfire Shotgun Scott received two changes. The first change is that the passive Reapening, which basically gives him lifesteal on his ultimate and his shotguns, has a 20% of what damage you deal you get back in health has been increased to 30%. So you're getting back more health while you're shooting, thus making you more durable during your ultimate, durable mm -hmm. during 1v1s, and durable during just a overall long-form engagements. And then last is the spread randomization has been reduced by 50%, and this was a big contention point recently because people were like super excited okay so the spread's going to be more consistent we're going to do more damage people made spreadsheets and they look at the spread and there's like these double ring effects happening in the randomization where there's two an outer and a lower center ring for where the pallets are hitting and mm. if you look at the spread from 10 meters and out from shooting people it actually took you three before and after the change it's taking you like five to seven shots to kill somebody which is a lot worse, a lot worse. So yeah, they Jeff said on the update uh, on on the PTR that after people have been spreading this around the forums, he says, "Look, we're going to update this again on the PTR. This is not going to hit live the way it is currently. So we're going to see mm. another iteration this coming week before BlizzCon to see what actually happens. Well, um, we might even cover this on the panel. I'm not sure. We'll see what happens. Maybe I can get a chance of checking it out before we hit to BlizzCon, but no promises there. What do you guys think about this? I know that." You guys are probably aware of all of these things going on, but what do you think? Adjusting Reaper. I it's needed, right? Like Reaper has fallen off the face of the planet. Like there hasn't been a situation where in the past month where I've thought, you know, you know what? Reaper would really help in this situation. Like it's always like a different mm -hmm. hero that I think about. And they're addressing literally his main weakness, being able to get up close and surviving long enough to make a difference, right? He's Pretty lethal if he can get up close, but the problem is with all the Brigitta's, Doomfist mm -hmm. kind of thing that is going on, it's just too hard for him to stay alive with a small like life suck or like life leech that and he has. Mobility. Yeah. yeah, he has one ability to get out of it in a relatively medium cooldown, you know? So it's not like you can always mm -hmm. get out, not like Moira. So I don't know, they're addressing his main weakness. Uh, not by like a huge lot. It depends to see how consistent his shooting is going to be afterwards. The life leech is really nice. That 30% is actually a pretty significant chunk, especially if the consistency with the hits goes up to the point where you could have a Reaper that is full healing himself after some of these fights. Mm -hmm. What do you think, Blev? I, I'm not... <sighs> 
I don't know. I, I I think it gives him more survivability, kind of, but does it really though? Like if you get hit by Brigitte, you get stunned, you get CC'd, you're you having lifesteal doesn't matter because you're just gonna die. He has such a low life pool and you get hit by a stun and just instantly killed. Now what they I don't know if they would ever do this and they probably shouldn't. Like if if there was if he had a passive where like if he gets stunned, he immediately like it insta wraith walks him. Ooh. Like the first time and that's like on a on a cooldown. That would be kind of cool because it's like, oh, you get hit by the Brigitte stun. Okay, I can at least get out and maybe reposition or <laughs> escape or something, but like as it stands, like it, he could have 100% uh, life steal. It the, the the problem is still there. He's still squishy. He still gets picked off from afar. He's not fast. He's not mobile. He has one escape. Uh, I don't know. I'm not. You know, not, that is is a it. very interesting idea. If you could give Reaper some sort of passive that when he loses control of the character, maybe it's not like an insta wraith walk, but like an in betweener kind of thing. Maybe he's like half mm-hmm. in the wraith world, half in the real world. Which translates into him taking reduced damage for the duration he takes of the stun, damage and doesn't or something get, like that. Uh, or and yeah. maybe stuns that, last uh, less time on him. Maybe just some sort of um, like effect that would make it unappealing to stun a reaper, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have abilities like that in like Heroes of the Storm. I think. Um, Tassadar like has a a, a talent walk. you can take yeah where and he has a talent where like if he gets hit below a certain HP he it just inst- it. instantly cues it yeah something like that because like if Reaper gets stunned like he's dead and he's short range so he's gonna get like it's there's a lot that's of a stuff good, that doesn't that's work a good out pickup Blevins because they also have another talent that lets you when you use that ability you actually just get healed yeah. So they could do Murky something like that, that where you too. have some sort of like slow passive healing. Maybe not maybe mm-hmm. not even that much. Maybe just like 50 or something like a little lower than what May does. But when you're Wraith walking, you're gaining health. That could be good. Or mm-hmm. even like yeah. uh, some heroes have also these abilities where the lower you get in health after a certain threshold, sort of like your defenses go up somehow, right? Like your resistance or you mm-hmm. take less damage somehow. So maybe you could make it so that below 30% health, damage is reduced by like 50% or something, which buys the Reaper some sort of time to regain some health, right? And not die right away. Mm-hmm. Something like that actually I could be pretty I think they have helpful. that kind of built in a little bit though, because they, they do give him 250 health. He's not a 200 health hero. So I do mm-hmm. think that, that little durability is there. And it would be interesting because of how like armor works in the game. We've only ever seen it like health, armor, shield. So, like, if Reaper ever had armor and they could recode it so that the last, like, 10 to 50, to 50 or sorry, not the last 10, last 25 to last 50 or 75 health was just armor, but it wasn't armor mm. until you got there, they'd have mm-hmm. to, like, recode it. They could probably do Be that, like but reverse. then they'd have to reduce his yeah. health down to 200 to do that, I think. They yeah. could call it, I'm already death or something. You know, the, the closer he gets <laughs> to dying, the harder it is or something. <laughs> I'm already dead dead what if he what if he could shoot what if he could shoot while he's in wraith form but it doesn't deal damage it just slows but you heal the same that you would or you heal like 50 percent of the damage Uh, honestly these ideas are pretty interesting for reaper i wonder if they've ever tried any of these already because we know they tried a lot of things in-house but we never get to see them they they probably haven't they know (laughs) i can't wait for the 
there. I'll take her both. Spread. <laughs> Once the yeah, spread gets updated, we're going to see that leech effect really hitting pretty home, I think. Yeah, yeah it's it's been super hard to evaluate anything they're doing here because it's getting changed again. And we know that the <laughs> intended buff turned out to be a nerf. But for me, just kind of theory crafting, looking at this, um, is he going to be better at his job than Doomfist is? My answer is no. So are we we're making him better? Are we making him playable? I don't think so. Uh, I think he's going to be pretty niche. And like Blevins said, we're so burst damage dependent in the meta right now, where it's you stun somebody, you stun the Reinhardt shield, your Hanzo storm arrows, and he dies, and then we're, we're good. Or your Doomfist punches somebody into a wall and they die. And lifesteal, like Blevins said, doesn't help you in that scenario. So mm -hmm. in this meta, I don't think he's going to be better. And until he becomes better than Doomfist, either by more buffs to Reaper or nerfs to Doomfist, I don't see him becoming any sort of mainstay in the meta, just kind of an option and maybe particular points. Um, mm -hmm. He's a better, I'll say this, he's a better uh, goats counter than he was before. And he might be viable to bring mm -hmm. in against something like that. Um, so maybe he's better as a counter pick now instead of even unusable as a counter pick in his current state. But I don't think he's going to be a mainstay or anything. Okay, next one up is Roadhog. He has some changes to the scrapped gun, the chain hook, and whole hog. So the first up, chain hook decreases the long delay before you pull the target from 0.5 seconds to 0.3. So basically the the registration on when the hook hits, you wait 0.5 seconds, and then yoink happens. Okay, so now that's shorter. It also greatly reduces the target's momentum when they are hooked. This is likely because of um, issues that they've seen with like Lucio's who you would hook and they would just like phase through you because it'd be like, <laughs> um, they would just like use you and wall right off your face because of momentum. You would have wrecking balls that you would hook and they would just roll you over um, because they have a en enhanced momentum on that kit based on how they coded him. And then last you have the cooldown actually starts when the hook is used. So that mm. is huge. Huge. You have way more hooks per fight now. Um, and because it's not just because of this change, but also this is compounded on getting 0.2 seconds left when you're having the delay in addition to that. So you're actually being able to jump back into the fights much faster. You have less window where you're vulnerable. Next up, the scrap gun has a spread pattern. Again, similar to Reaper has been adjusted for the primary and secondary with the randomization reduced by 50%. And last up, the whole hog knockback maximum velocity is actually increased from 8 to 10 meters per second. Now, this is maximum velocity. So this doesn't mean like when you get hit. This is basically when you get hit by whole hog, it does a knockback. And the max velocity is based off of your vicinity where you are closer or further away to Roadhog. So you're only going to feel this when you get closer to him within his minimum range or his maximum knockback, a.k.a. minimum range, like right next to him. And he activates whole hog. You are going to be shot faster than a wrecking ball off of Ilios. <laughs> OK, you're going to be out of there. Um, I'm still going to charge him on Reinhardt. You can't stop Yeah, him. yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that is going to be crazy. And also, one of the weird changes that I actually super like is the horizontal recoil is reduced slightly, which means you don't have to, like, drag your mouse off onto the floor to, like, pull down the whole hog <laughs> so you're not just shooting the sun, okay? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Wait, isn't that vertical recoil? Oh, you're right. You're right. But I don't know if... I don't know if horizontal recoil refers to moving left On and right plane, or moving right. up and down. Yeah. It's really weird, like, how they, they reference this. Because is, the, is there this. horizontal recoil in the way I would think? Because I don't, I don't know of any. 
on the. I don't play the hero much, but yeah. Is there any? I'm looking like at the, the camera comments. shakes left or right. Let's see. I don't know. Well, there's there's that recoil thing that McCree has in his thing where you can like actually adjust the recoil versus having it automatically reset to where the crosshair right. was. Uh, let's see. Let's see. We move some projectiles closer. Previously, there's a long-standing bug that causes the close-range targets to fly much further than expected. After this bug was fixed, we still wanted to keep some of the knockback burst provided, <laughs> so we've increased the velocity cap to maintain some more of that functionality. The, the bug is now a feature. Yeah, yes. sometimes so the bugs bug show you the way. You know, it's like, well, you know, actually, that's that that's, it's it's not that bad. <laughs> nope, nope, that meme is very much dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so there's no real comments on this horizontal recoil. Decreased slightly. I ne slightly. I never really understood if there was a recoil that went side to side on that. So that's the only reason why I mentioned it as being more vertical, even though it said horizontal. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize there was any yeah. horizontal. Maybe there just Me was, either. and it was a bug. I don't know. Spread on the nice. horizontal plane that moves up. Yeah. Maybe. So it was the horizontal plane moving up recoil, but 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 like that. Uh, if okay, you're cool. if you're watching on the the video feed, you get a lot more out of that um, audio than you would if you're just a <laughs> podcast <laughs> listener. <laughs> okay, Symmetra photon um, projector primary beam fire charges twenty percent faster. Hooray! Woo! Yeah, woo! I mean, it'll make the hero better overall. I just personally want them to stop trying to make every hero super viable. Like it just to me seems like a fool's errand, um, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe if the, if the game would probably be better if they were able to be successful and make everybody viable at the same time. Um, but I just focus on like, is this meta good? Is it fun? Does a hero have any place in it whatsoever? And if the answer is yes, even if that's one point on one map, like I'm good, I'm covered. I don't need any more yeah. than that. Like it's got some spot in the game, and uh, we're gonna keep adding heroes. So I, mm -hmm. I don't know, um, but nonetheless, Symmetra does have a little bit of a special place in my heart. Uh, she's one of my favorite heroes. So mm -hmm. in this one in particular, sure, make her good. Uh, to, I'll, I'll main that. To on, be, on my to be fair, right this now. last change, I don't know if it's so much like a meta change, like let's bring Symmetra back. I feel like that was her rework. This is more of a mm -hmm. nobody uses this ability kind of change like anyone yeah. who started playing right. symmetra They're literally right click only yeah and like learn that mm -hmm. right clicks deal a shitload of damage and actually travel fast enough like that's all they're using even at like shorter ranges so i feel like this mm -hmm. is a, a maybe we undertone this ability a little too much to the point where nobody's using it mm -hmm. let's actually give them a reason to use it they give you yeah. like an actual decision to make on the hero instead of just being always do this you know i feel mm -hmm. like i would only mm -hmm. use it on like diva and that was it Genji deflecting. Yeah, Genji deflecting. That's the other one. Like All right, we have a lot of bug fixes that we don't really have time to address, but I did do something for you, which was I didn't put them all in our show notes, so I can just read them for you guys if you want, or we can just take turns reading them if that's okay. Andres, you want to do that? Just read them one I by one. Read them. Uh, go for yeah, it. Yeah, I think you just run. You just you just speed read it, man. Okay, here we go. Doomfist bug fix preventing rising uppercut from damaging enemies. That's that's a pretty big bug. That has been fixed. <laughs> Fix a bug that prevented Doomfist's seismic slam from dealing damage if he was hit, or sorry, if he hit by a knockback ability for the momentum when he landed. So that's kind of a complex one. Orisa fixed a bug that allowed that prevented Orisa's fortify from canceling the rising uppercut from Doomfist. So basically, she doesn't get moved now when she gets uppercutted if she's fortifying properly. Huh. Roadhog bug fix for chain hook from going on cooldown if it was interrupted before the train retracted. 
The bug preventing has been fixed for chain hook from destroying breakable objects when pulling the target back. And whole hogs visual effects were covering a wider area than the spread of the projectiles actually hitting. So that was a really strange one. Symmetra's bug has been that she can char she fixed a bug that prevented Symmetra's charge up on her primary weapon when she was using ice walls and damaging them. So now she can charge up by hitting an ice wall. Zarya had a bug that was fixed that allowed heroes to charge through Graviton Surge without being trapped. This was a massive <laughs> bug fix. Reinhardt's could Yikes. just literally like hit charge into the Graviton Surge and be like, that's a funny Graviton um, time-space warp continuum there that you have. I'm going through it by activating my rocket booster. He just, you know? or, he just orbits around it. That would be way better and more entertaining than just trapping him. So I would rather... Please, Blizzard, ship the orbiting around the sun, Reinhardt. I want that skin in my life. Okay. That's all the bug fixes, folks. That's all the PTR changes that were relevant that we decided to include, aka the ones that I typed up before the show. And uh, that's going to do it for us. Uh, Blevins, Deathblow, thanks for coming and hanging out. We didn't meme as much as we normally did, but there was still something I to be I feel like we memed. There were a few memes. <laughs> we're saving it for BlizzCon, too. We that's need to true. save some because Deathblow is going to be at BlizzCon so we can save the real memes for BlizzCon. <laughs> that's right. That's right. We you do have, have a panel with more with young blood year. to make fun of, so it's good. <laughs> we got Icy Totem and Bob to go hang out with, uh, I mean, make fun of uh, when we're there. <laughs> So it's going to be fun, and we'll probably do it around pizza because uh, I don't get good pizza here. So I'm going to be forcing my There's hand. Not Guys, let's pizza. order pizza. It's like 12 You probably won't get good pizza in L.A., I wouldn't think either. You'll good pizza some good and tacos, pizza though. that exists is better. Yeah, yeah good That's tacos, fair. man. Sweet. Mm-hmm. All right, Andres, you want to talk through our new Diamond sponsors over at patreon.com slash Lab for us? Absolutely. Thank you so much for supporting the show. As always, this week we got two new patrons, Anthony E and Eric W. Thank you so much for joining the team. You guys are super awesome for supporting us. You make our lives a lot easier, especially attending events like BlizzCon. And we also want to thank everyone else who's supporting us at the diamond level um, in Patreon. Ben K, Britmas, Chris Playa, Durandal, Jan Jinkle, Lissom, Mr. Mars, Roger B, Shazir, Solo, Terry F, Top Score Solutions, and Tragic Sack. As well as everyone else who supports us on the page, thank you so much. Uh, you guys have been supporting us for so long, I don't even know what to say. You guys have been super, super awesome. Um, keep it up. Special shout-outs to Shazir yet again this week. He's picking me up from the airport when I lack transportation, so that is more money than I would care to spend on an Uber in L.A., so special props to him for being my pro- Pro Genji chauffeur, I guess you could say. Yeah, I don't know. We, can we get in on that? Can we get in on that? It is currently full <laughs> with another person who's already asked. So he is he has a full caravan that is not a shagging wagon, okay? So it's not a big one. It's a, just a regular human-sized car. Um, <laughs> we can't take the giants that are the Blevins and Death Crow. Uh, I say, you, you put us in a car and it might become a shagging wagon. It's going yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be a clown car. I feel like car. we got turned down at least once in New York for a cab because we you guys were too and then we took a cab that we wish we would have gotten turned down by. <laughs> oh gosh, that is true. Oh, gosh. That's life in New York for you, ladies and gents. Um, also, a special shout out to Terry F. I realized that I had not been getting notifications on our website for comments regarding our posts, and Terry F. left us a super nice thing just for saying his support of the show. And I and I missed it up until now. It's like a month late, but thank you for that. Wait, it's really, really, is, really nice. 
Is that um, famed WWE manager Terry Funk? Terry Funk? I'd have no clue. But <laughs> it, it just might be. And uh, additionally, we have a few more things we can kind of like promote where people are at in the interwebs. And we're going to kick it to Blevins. Please tell us where they can find your shows. I have a couple links in the, the description. And then tell us where you can yes. find you. Find everything at highnoonpodcast.com. If you go pretty much anywhere, it's going to be High Noon Podcast, Twitter, Twitter. Uh, Twitch, Patreon. Uh, we are on Spotify now, too, um, for High Noon Podcast. And you can find me on Twitter at the underscore Blevins. Death Blow. You can find me. I don't uh, – my, my computer is not good enough to stream, but uh, on Twitter at HNP Death Blow. Uh, so you can find me on there. And also you can join our Discord, discord.me slash High Noon Podcast. Yep, that's going to do it for our guests. If you guys want to find us, omniclab.com, omniclab.com slash links. You can find links to our merch, our Discord, our Twitch, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Patreon pages there. Um, the best way to support the show is to leave us an iTunes review, which we have not gotten for two weeks now. If you guys want to leave us a review there, it would help us out, and we will read it on the show. So please support us that way. And um, Andres, why don't you let the people know where they can find you? If you want to find me, you can do so on Twitter at iPlayGames. You spell that I-P-L-A-I games. And for the next week, you can find me on Anaheim, California, hanging out with everyone who's going to be at BlizzCon. Let's go, boys! If you want to find Let's me on it. the Twitter, um, Twitterverse with the tag not Rob, same tag for Instagram. If you guys like Hearthstone, you can check out a solo cast coming up this week with my co-host Grant Gould. He will be doing a solo cast on a very, very cool Death Rattle Rogue deck. And um, that's at VelensChosen.com. If you like Hearthstone, I know Blevins had, we had one of his decks actually featured way back when, uh, a couple a couple months ago, which is really cool for Mage. And uh, you guys can check that out. Yeah. I think that's going to do it for the show. And uh, Deathblow, you want to sign us out? Oh, I'm so excited to say it. Don't be a lab rat, guys. Be a scientist. See you next week, Omnix. Bye. I have nothing more to teach you. The rest.